Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. President Biden cheers the latest jobs report, what the numbers tell us and why Republicans say it's bad news. NTD's Iris Tao brings us more. Speaking in a manufacturing facility in Maryland, President Biden tells the latest job numbers released on Friday. We're proving that our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Just look at today's jobs report. Our economy created 263,000 jobs last month. That's 10 million jobs since I've come into office. America's employers added 263,000 jobs in September. While that's still robust, it's the lowest monthly growth since January, showing that hiring has slowed in recent months. Meanwhile, the president says... The pace of job growth is cooling while still powering our recovery forward. And Biden also touts what he considers his legislative wins, including the Inflation Reduction Act. Give families a little bit of breathing room. We passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which the name doesn't matter a lot to people, but it's going to give Medicare. In a Friday statement, however, the Republican National Committee says Biden is, quote, completely detached from reality. It further calls the September jobs report the worst jobs report of the year, citing high inflation and the fact that the U.S. economy has now shrunk for two consecutive quarters, meeting an informal definition of a recession. But Biden defends the numbers and accuses Republicans of basically arguing that good news for the economy is bad news is bad news for America. Meanwhile, a recent report by the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas notes that most workers' real wages have failed to keep up with inflation. And just how much of that erosion is taking place will be seen when the latest inflation numbers come out next week. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. Latest job numbers were released today, exceeding expectations slightly, but still cause for concern, showing cracks in the overall economy. We're happy to have Indiana Congressman Larry Bouchon on with us to discuss. Congressman Larry Bouchon, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Congressman, the jobs numbers released today, slightly higher than expected by about 13,000 jobs. But economists reading the tea leaves see uh, two consecutive months of falling totals. What do you think this means? Well, I mean, the Biden administration policies, of course, are stymieing uh, the re economic recovery. I mean, mainly in the energy sector, honestly. They've stymied oil and gas production in the United States, causing substantial energy inflation. And that translates into the rest of the economy. So you're, you're going to have difficulty economically if you continue to take this approach. I mean, the cost of food is up. Uh, cost of everything is up. And so... You know, you're going to have businesses that are reluctant to hire people because of rising input costs and inflation. It's just a snowball effect from, I think, you know, policies, uh, particularly in the energy sector, that are not working. President Biden speaking about the economy today. You represent Indiana's 8th district, Indiana being a big farm state, farming state, uh, agriculture. What are you hearing from voters in your uh, state? It's the economy. It's the prices of gasoline, even though they've come down some over the last number of months, they're still uh, too high. The, the diesel prices are real high. So when you talk to farmers, you know, their input costs are way up. So you've got cost of fuel is way up, cost of fertilizer is way up because of inflation, honestly, global inflation, including inflation in the United States. 
And that's what people are concerned about here in southwest Indiana. They're concerned about, you know, the economy, pocketbook issues. You know, there's a lot of jobs out there actually available um, for people if they have skills. And so, you know, employers, their number one issue is workforce, including at hospitals who are struggling to find nurses and other employees. So it's the economy. That's that's the number one issue, overriding issue in the 8th District. Now, Congressman, the uh, Fed has been taking aggressive steps to try to tame inflation by raising interest rates at a historic pace. Um, are everyday Americans feeling the impact of this yet? Well, they're going to, and you're going to see that in home uh, prices and things like that. I mean, once interest rates, you know, interest rates, and I don't know what they are today, they've been over 6% for a, for a home mortgage, you know, that's going to slow the home buying uh, marketplace. And so, yeah, there's a ripple effect uh, all across the economy. You know, when people don't feel they have the ability to to move and buy a new home or they have enough money to go on vacation, all of those things are impacted. Everyday lives are impacted by higher interest rates. And, you know, the federal Fed probably honestly should have started raising interest rates a decade ago and uh, cooled down on buying the federal government's debt a decade ago. Uh, they got behind and didn't see, of course, no one saw COVID coming in fairness. Um, but I think, you know, the interest rates going up this quickly are gonna have a direct impact on all kinds of marketplace uh, issues in the American economy, particularly in the home space. And we're already seeing that, you know, we're already seeing it start to slow. Congressman, before I let you go, just real quick, uh, how, do you, how do you envision a new Congress's role or responsibility in getting America back on track? Well, I think front and center is going to be energy. I think the, the energy policies of uh, the current administration stymieing the ability to produce American energy, all the while when we're asking OPEC and now Venezuela to send energy to the United States, I think it's almost comical, honestly, that the administration feels like they can hide from the American people while they're stymieing American energy production. They're asking foreign governments to send more energy to the United States which tells you, you know, that all the things they're saying about uh, making advances in, in climate change really are, are partisan. Look, I'm, I believe in an all the above energy approach. I think we need to pursue all the types of energy. But this administration wants to be ideological and it's damaging our economy. And so I think the focus of House Republicans, one of the main focuses is going to be directly on on energy. We're going to focus also on the IRS expansion, which is a ridiculous uh, thing that has been passed by Democrats only, uh, and we're going to try to address other things uh, in the in the economy and address crime across this country. But honestly, I think energy will be front and center, uh, American-produced energy, because that's driving inflation, driving fuel costs, and those are the things that affect everyday Americans. Indiana Congressman Larry Bouchon, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. With one more month to go before the November midterms, there are varying views as to how different demographics will be voting. And Hispanic voters could be key to this year's elections. Joining us to discuss, we have Chief of Strategy at Americano Media, Michael Caputo. Michael Caputo, thank you so much for joining us in the Capitol Report. Thanks for having me. Michael, the midterms are coming up and there's a lot of talk about the Hispanic vote. Uh, how important will the Hispanic vote actually be in determining the outcome? 
Well, if you look at the polling, uh, it, it promised to be a, probably a transformational election. A lot of people, for example, who feel that the, uh, the country is really going drastically in the wrong direction, um, they will look back on the 2022 elections of, uh, you know, the Hispanic vote actually probably saving America from their perspective. A lot of the Hispanics who were reliably Democrat um, have found that the new Democrat Party is unsatisfactory to their values, and they're moving more toward moderate and even toward the conservative side of the Republican Party. You see moderates and conservatives alike uh, moving over from the Democrat side among Hispanics, and it really does promise to be transformational. So, Michael, did uh, Hispanics uh, traditionally lean Democrat? And if so, why and why the change? It's very interesting when you look back at it. I first started really paying close attention to this in the in the 80s and 90s when we were trying to see uh, those, for example, Nicaraguans who had left a country that had collapsed into communism in the 80s, uh, those who had left Cuba uh, that had, had gone communist uh, even before that, and, and a variety of other Latin American nations, Venezuela and others, were having uh, profound difficulty uh, related to the uh, socialist forms of government, and more and more of those people started coming here, but, you know, remarkably, they were voting Democrat. A, a large percentage of um, American Hispanics in America were voting Democrat. It took a long time for uh, for the, the Hispanics in America to understand which party really represents their form of freedom. And one of the reasons why now they're, they're, they're becoming more clear to them is that you're seeing more and more policies come out of the Biden administration out of, and a lot of the activity against Donald Trump, which they're familiar with in their home countries. Uh, in Peru, for example, five former presidents are in prison. One of them uh, committed suicide, I believe, uh, because of his imprisonment. People from these nations understand what freedom looks like because they've longed for it. And now with the things, I don't know, the kind of national security manipulation trying trying to get Trump and et cetera, the raid on the president's house, it's accelerating the move of the Hispanic voter from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. And let's remember, the vast majority of uh, Hispanics voted Democrat. It was in the 70s, uh, 70 plus percentages. And it's drifting down further and further and further. It's hard to believe the polls. The only polls you really can believe are the vote, and that's coming up soon. But really, in the end, it looks like uh, we're going to have enough of the Hispanic uh, voting demographic move toward the Republican Party uh, that if it's permanent, it could be a real permanent problem for the Democrat Party. It's really fascinating, the uh, policies and principles that, uh, that will sway voters. Um, now, I want to ask you about the you know, urban areas traditionally uh, vote Democrat. Do you think that the rise in crime will potentially change this? I think we're seeing a lot of votes driven, uh, changing in voting perceptions, uh, 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 voting pre preferences being driven by the crime problem. If you, we, we do a lot of polling at Americano Media. We're just going into a very deep dive poll right now, pre-election, and we're seeing that the, the problems that Hispanics want solved are exactly equal to the problems that other demographics and broader demographics in the United States want solved. It's crime, it's the economy, it's, it's inflation. And, and of course, these, the policies you're seeing coming about in, in public schools, uh, a lot of gender confusion discussion out there, Hispanics largely just don't even 
don't even recognize that as a legitimate issue for discussion. So these policies are pushing them in this direction. From, from, uh, you know, from the Americano media, we understand that this is picking up. The speed of this changeover has been picking up. And the reason we founded Americano is because they were doing this despite the fact that the, the lion's share of national media in Spanish language was liberal and left. They were, they were turning to the Republican Party against the tide with no media to push them there, let's say, except for some terrestrial radio, talk radio. By giving them a little eddy of conservative content in Spanish language, we give them a, a, a stream to swim in. Another thing we're seeing, even though it's picking up, we do expect this to drop off. There will be, you know, the easy, let's say, the low-hanging fruit the, the, you know, that we saw in the, in the last two elections of Donald Trump, et cetera, from the Hispanic Party. These were, these were, you know, let's say, fruit on the ground. We didn't even have to reach up or work for it. They just fell our way. And now we're in the lower branches. I'd say all the, the votes that are there on the ground for picking up are gone. We're in the lower branches. Now Republicans have to work for it. And the sooner we get lazy and the less we speak to the Hispanic community, the sooner this will end. Michael Caputo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.